All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. As always, Brad's back on the pod, but this time we have a special guest, uh, my buddy Nick. Nick Gallagher, how are you, man? I'm all right. How are you guys doing? Good, Nick. Welcome to the pod. We're, uh, we're excited for your for your insight before next week when you get to talk about your own Detroit Lions, but uh, we're going to start yeah, you off with for... some rapid-fire questions. All right. All right. So this is how the, uh, the fan base gets to know you, so let's go. Uh, question number one, what's your favorite drink? Um, well, if we're talking non-alcoholic, got to go to the Mountain Dew. If we're uh, going to say alcoholic beverage, a Johnny Vegas on ice. Johnny Vegas on ice. What's your favorite fast food joint? Taco and why Bell. is it Taco Bell? Hey, let's go. <laughs> it's got to be Taco Bell. Let's go. Bring volcano tacos, I'll never go anywhere else. Oh, dude, agree. 100%. Nick, what's your favorite sports team? It's got to be between the Lions or uh, Michigan Wolverines, man. Okay, uh, who's, your, who's your favorite dude, athlete all time? Favorite athlete all time, Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. Who's your favorite wrestler all time? The Undertaker, no question. The Undertaker. All right, if you could pick any player all time to, to join the Detroit Lions, who would it be? Uh, current or ever? Uh, let's okay. Let's start with for uh, ever. Any player you could have put on the Detroit Lions? Uh, if we would have had a quarterback like Joe Montana during the Barry Sanders era, we would have been a dynasty. Okay, and then in current league, who who would you like to add to your team? Don't say Pat Mahomes. Give me somebody like. Give me somebody. Say Pat. That's too. That's too easy. Um, man, if I had to go with somebody. As much as it's going to hurt me to say right out of division, I'd say Aaron Rodgers, the way he leads a team when healthy, he carries them. Okay. He, he takes a sub-500 football team and makes them a championship contender. I hate to say it, but it's true. Okay. Uh, here's, a, here's a good one. I thought of this on the fly today. Which is a better name for Detroit, Hockey Town or the Motor City? Well, as a sports fan, you got to say Hockey Town, but I mean, the history, it, it's the Motor City. It always will be. Yeah. Uh, which team do you hate the most? NFL, college, whatever. Bears, Bears. I'll never get over the Calvin Johnson rule. Never in my life. Oh, that was <laughs> terrible. That was terrible. <laughs> uh, the best sporting event you've ever been to? I was at Game 7 of the Western conference finals between the Red Wings and the Avalanche when Patrick Waugh had his career ended by the Detroit Red Wings super team. Nice. There will never be a better. That's a classic. One period against probably the greatest goaltender who ever lived. It was pretty awesome. Okay. And then last question. This is this one for me. I know my answer. I think we've talked about this briefly. Let's go. Who do you who do you want in twenty twenty? Joe Milton or Dylan McCaffrey? Who would I want personally? I, yes. I would want Dylan McCaffrey. That's just me. But Joe Milton, if somebody's going to turn around the Bengals, I would just worry about a guy who was one year that could showcase what he had. I mean, he he came out of nowhere and he deserved to be first overall based on what he did. But it just worries me especially with the Bengals, who are notoriously cheap, that they're ever going to put anything around them. No, no, Joe Milton. Joe Milton, Michigan. You still got to go Dylan McCaffrey, man. I'm sorry. You're good. The the reason I say – I'm on a whole different – I'm focused on NFL right now. The reason I would say McCaffrey over Joe Milton, when you talk a spread offense like they're trying to run – the speed and space offense, you need a QB that can move. Every time Michigan's offense was successful around around Shea Patterson last season, it was because it was games he was willing to move out of the pocket. He was willing to run for yards. The games where he looked afraid to get out of the pocket, the offense stalled. And you saw it every single time. And I just feel like when you're talking a shortened season, it's got to be Dylan McCaffrey. I heard Joe Milton. Isn't Joe Milton also a runner? I think he's. Isn't he more of Joe a runner than Dylan McCaffrey? And an arm. Joe Milton can launch the ball sixty yards in the air, and it's 
awesome, and I'd love to see an offense like that. But based on what we have, we're starting to go to smaller wide receivers. We're starting to go to the speed and space where you just want to hurry up, dump it off on a slant, dump it off on a curl, and let them do their thing. When that's not there, you need a guy that can run. And I think Milton's somewhere in the 4, 7, 5, 40 range, whereas McCaffrey's, I believe, 4, 4, maybe just sub 4, 4. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I, well, I know that Jeff doesn't agree, but... I would rather have that, Joe Milton as well. I, I mean, I, I think he has the higher potential, but especially with everything going on with coronavirus, with all of that, you just... You, you, you really got to look at it. And I think he's going to be the way to go, at least for the start of the season. Yeah, you got I it. mean... Without without making this a full Michigan podcast, I guess the only, <laughs> reason, the, only, the only reason I'm not on on McCaffrey as much as I am Milton is I just believe that Milton's ceiling is much higher. But when I agree, okay, I just the thing is is if McCaffrey starts this year, yeah, he'll be good. I have no doubt in my mind he'll be good. But I I believe his ceiling is probably ten wins, and I mean that's what we've always had. I think Milton's ceiling is like Cam Newton dominance and could potentially lead us to other places. Maybe, maybe not this year, but definitely next year if he got a year under his belt. So. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I agree. Totally higher ceiling for sure. Yeah. Well, as as we move on through the pod, first off, uh, I would be doing a disjustice if I didn't wish everybody a happy opening day, first day of baseball. We're finally getting a, a professional sport back in our lives. I know some people aren't baseball fans, but it's as good as any. Uh, tonight, seven o'clock, you got the Yankees at the nationals, Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer is about as good a pitching matchup as you're going to find. And at 10 o'clock, you have the giants traveling to the Dodgers, probably the number two overall rivalry in all baseball, Johnny Cudo on the mound versus Clayton Kershaw. So again, tune in, probably be talking baseball here in the news future on the pod. But, uh, as promised, we have the NFC West division breakdown. Thank you to everybody that voted on the new Facebook page. If you're looking for an invite, send me a DM and I'll, I'll get you on there. But uh, we had eight people pick the Niners to win the division. That's probably the overall favorite, in my opinion, and we'll get to that here. Uh, six picks Seattle and then one for the Rams and one for the Cardinals. So let's go ahead and kick us off with who everybody – I'm sorry, they only got one pick. But I think this is going to be a much improved team from last year. So the Arizona Cardinals – they ended 2019. Uh, they were 5-10-1. Their last five, they finished 2-3. and three. But probably one of the more exciting teams in the offseason, acquiring DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of cookies and a Mountain Dew. They, uh, they drafted Isaiah Simmons, who kind of fell to them in the draft. They tagged Kenyon Drake, so he'll be back this year. And they traded away David Johnson. He was involved in the Hopkins trade. Brad, what do you have for uh, for 2020 schedule? Uh, 2020 schedule right out the gate in, uh, in in division. They've got at the 49ers. Then they travel to Washington, the football team. Then they uh, they play Detroit, then the Panthers, then the Jets. Pretty Outside the 49ers, I'd say a pretty weak opening schedule. Pretty favorable. I have them at 4-1. and one. Nick, do you care to elaborate on, on where you think they'd be in their first five there? Um, is that Detroit game, is that at home, or is that in Detroit? That, 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 is, game, at that game is at home for them. Detroit would home. be on the road. Uh, okay, I, I, I think I'd agree with you. They're in the three and two to four and one range somewhere. I mean, they could even surprise the Niners just because it's opening day and, you know, there's going to be no preseason this year, but. I think you're right about it. At it, man. Three and two, four and one. This is going to be a good football team, and people don't realize it. When you get probably the best receiver in football for literally nothing, as you pointed out, I mean, a running back past his prime and a not first-round draft pick, I mean, sky's the limit for that offense. It's just can the defense keep up. Yeah, I, uh, I find it interesting. The one team they tied with last year in 2019 was the Lions. They played them week three. Uh, the, I definitely uh, see. I see week one as a loss. Week one, that was I the first game of the. Season. Yeah, I'm talking about this year, the 2020. So the Niners oh. would be a loss. 
I think Washington is definitely a win. They're they're far and away better than the Washington football team. That's their new name. <laughs> Week three, uh, home against the Lions. I have that as a win, but I think those are two very close football teams. I could see the Lions winning that game. I could see the Arizona. I'm taking Arizona simply because they're at home. Uh, at the Panthers, I'm high on the Panthers, but I don't think the Panthers win that game. I think I would take Arizona again. And then at the Jets, I think that's a win. So I, I have this team at 4-1, and one, but I could I could see them losing either the Lions or the Panthers game to make them a 3-2. and two. So I think we're all kind of agreeing here. Yeah, um, I'd like to go in a little bit on the Cardinals here. Um, little shout out, Robbie Edwards is the one who voted them to win the division. Yeah. Which I, I was kind of talking to him a little bit off. I just want to give him a little shout out there because he too believes in the hype of these new Arizona Cardinals. A lot of people are behind Kyler Murray. I think today's offense, no one would disagree that it's shifting more towards offense. You have to be able to put up lots of points. Um, the Cardinals could be a top five points in the NFL at the end of this season. We talk a lot about duos of wide receivers. The Cardinals could possibly have the best trio of wide receivers. DeAndre, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk. They've got two running backs in Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds who are, did really well. They draft an offensive tackle in the second round. They signed Kelvin Beecham again for right tackle. They're shoring up the offensive line. And on defense, the combination of Isaiah Simmons and Jordan Hicks, I think will be an underrated middle linebacker combo. You've got Chandler Jones. If you get the lead and you've got players like Buda Baker and Patrick Peterson roam in the backfield, you've got Isaiah Simmons who can even play a safety type role now. Chandler Jones, pin your ears back. I think this team is going to have a lot of firework shows. I think they're built to take the ball away. And I think that they'll do that enough to where I could definitely see. Actually, I have this team placing second in the division. We'll get there later. But the 49ers have top two, three best team, in my opinion, in the NFL. But I do believe in the hype. The Cardinals could be they could be in the playoffs this year, and it would not be surprising. Nick, where are you at on Arizona? I, I think Arizona was probably – if not the most improved team in the offseason, had to be one of them. Like I said, you add a wide receiver like that, you draft a Swiss Army knife that, I mean, you you were talking about being a great linebacker duo. We don't even know where Isaiah Simmons is going to line up. This guy played safety. He played slot corner. He played linebacker. He played defensive end. You've got a guy who who can shed an offensive tackle off of him with, you know, three inches of space at the snap that's 260, 270 pounds and runs under a 4, 5, 40 consistently, not just combine numbers every day in and out of practice. This guy's a physical freak. I'm on record of saying I wanted him for the Lions, and I was all in over saying, screw the cornerback position, get the best player available, and that's this guy. And I, I just I don't see how you can plan for a player like that. I mean, he's only one guy, and that defense still has holes, but if the offense can put up the points like I think they can, they could be scary. And I, I could see them overtaking Seattle in the division. I don't know about San Francisco. Yeah, I think we'll, 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 I think we'll probably all agree that San Francisco is probably winning this division. Um, I'm high on San Francisco. I'm high on Arizona. I don't know that Arizona has the, the maturity to overtake a Seattle team. You know, I, I'm – I'm we're going to get we're going to get into Seattle here in a little bit. I don't want to jump ahead, but if you're asking me Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray which one's going to get their team to a playoff position, I'm going to go Russell Wilson. I just they have a better quarterback, they have a better coach, therefore I'm going to take them. But I do think Arizona is going to be a much a better team. Uh 5-10 and 1, I think this team is minimum 8-8, eight and eight, but uh I don't think they're a playoff team yet. That's why I don't think they're going to finish second in the division, but uh, I'm ready to move on. Everybody else ready to move on? I'd just like to say their last two games, they beat Seattle 27-13 and then had a one-possession loss to the Rams 31-24. And we all agreed they've improved drastically. Kyler Murray a whole season under his belt now. I just think I think that the, the Cardinals will, will, be, will be above the Seahawks. We can move to the next team. Who are you thinking? Uh, we're going to go with the L.A. Rams. Okay. They finished up. They are post Super Bowl season at nine and seven. 
so they don't get back to the Super Bowl. They finished their last five three and two, but they actually started the season four and zero. Oh. So I mean, really, the the middle of their season was an absolute nightmare for them. But they're very active. They're always a very active team. They've been a very active team for the last several years, whether it's paying people, trading people, whatever they're doing. They go out and they sign Leonard Floyd. They sign Michael Brockers. They re-signed Whitworth, which is kind of a weird deal because he was talking about retiring just a couple of years ago, but they re-signed him to a three-year. They traded Cooks. They released Gurley. They drafted Cam Akers. I don't know. There's a, there's a lot going on with this team. This is The thing is, we talked about this last week because we're going to get into their schedule in a minute. They play the entire nfc east in the first five weeks nobody knows who the rams are nobody because they've literally changed up their their entire team if they came out and ran it 30 times week one everybody would be like wow this is back to being the old rams team where they're they're going play action and and moving the ball you know they're running it and, and going out of play action where they're not asking jared Goff to chuck it up 45 times a game so i don't know uh have anything to add uh no i i kind of like everything i mean i know we're all kind of low on the rams they didn't have a great year last year the whole super bowl hangover but i think brandon cooks is uh he was hurt never in he wasn't in the system consistently enough i think it's better to have josh reynolds out there he played really well when brandon cooks wasn't in there um i like the addition of cam makers and i think maybe Maybe we're just being too quick to forget about how good of an offensive mind Sean McVay is. I mean, the things he can do offensively. And when you talk about in defense, they have the best non-quarterback in the NFL and Aaron Donald. And they have a consensus, I would say, top three cornerback in Jalen Ramsey. I mean, so to be able to play the number one receiver one-on-one is a benefit. To have Aaron Donald is a benefit. We talked about it, I think, earlier when we were going over Dallas, that the Rams any day could put up over 40, like, out of nowhere. So they're a team that's kind of scary. But, yeah, without Gurley, without their identity and Cooks, I mean, they're just a changing team right now, and we'll have to see. What do you got, Nick? Um, I mean, something just that you had said. I mean, you're right in the in saying Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. You have those two players on a defense. They can do something. My question is the other nine guys on the field. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you, you give huge extensions to Aaron Donald, who deserved it, and Jared Goff, who at the time looked like he deserved it. And all of a sudden, you can't keep the rest of your team. And I just, I want to know who's going to be catching those 40 balls a game outside of, you know, outside of Cup. I, I want to know, is Brandon Cooks going to come back healthy? If he does, that could be a revitalized offense. Cooks Brandon, was traded. Yeah, Cooks is yeah, on the sorry. Texans. Yeah. Right. So they they do have they do have Robert Woods, very underrated receiver. I like Robert Woods. He's he's not even in the top twenty five receivers in the league, but he's just a very good receiver. He's a great I, two. He's a great two. He's a if he's if he's number two on your team, he's fantastic. Um, the thing is, is this team went three and three in their division. I don't have their home and away in the division in front of me, but I mean, they could, they could beat anybody in their division. Okay. And they scored more points than they let up last year. They were a positive 30, which is two points per game. I mean, they were, again, they're a slight over 500. They were nine and seven. I think this team is slightly improved slightly only because they got rid of Todd Gurley and they can just do more now running the football. And I don't believe they lost that much just my opinion i think they gained more in the long run than they lost you lost brandon cooks but you gained ramsey it's just like i'd rather have Jalen ramsey on my team you know than than i would brandon cooks you got two solid receivers i don't know i think this team is probably once again nine and seven but probably slightly better than they were last year i know yeah. by record but i don't know i i still have them I, don't, I didn't write out their entire schedule in front of me. Uh, let's go ahead and start with their first five, and we'll start talking from there. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to do my predictions with it. Uh, they start out home against the Cowboys. I have them losing that game. Okay, time they out. Don't... Time Sorry. out. I want to stop you there. So that game, fun little fact, that's the first ever game at SoFi Stadium. Mm-hmm. Sunday night football, 
They're going to yeah. kick off the season against the Cowboys. And you have that as a what? I have that as a loss. Okay, moving right on. Cowboys go into that empty spaceship and whoop them. Um, okay. Then they, they go to Philly. I have that as a loss. They stay on the East Coast and go to the Bills. I have that as a loss. But then they turn it around. They win at home against the Giants. Then they go to the football team, Washington, and they win that game as well. So I have them starting 0-3, getting a nice little two-game win streak, 2-3 and in the first five. What do you think, Nick? Um, I, I don't think you're going to agree with this, but I got to go with Brad. If there were fans in the stands this year, opening a stadium would be a huge deal. It'd be a huge momentum boost. And maybe to an extent to the players, it might still be. But I, I think I got to agree. Dallas is a better football team. And these games this year, if you really think about it, unless you're switching multiple time zones, they're, they're going to be neutral site fields every game until we can get fans back. So I would say Dallas is a better football team. Um, the, the only one I heard I don't agree with, I, I'm not that high on the Bills. I, I don't see the Bills. They, they've added talent, but it's, it's a you have to prove it to me. The same thing we're going to talk about with the Lions here pretty soon. You have to prove that you can do it. And I, I haven't seen that from the Bills yet, but I would say they're probably going to be two and three, but different games being chosen. Okay. I also actually have them at two and three as well. Um, I have them losing to the Cowboys. I have them losing to the Eagles. I have them losing to the Bills and beating the Giants in Washington. I do want to note, and we talked about this last week on the pod, that they do open up four of their first five games are against the NFC East. So the NFC East is, is pretty consistently a very competitive division. Uh, it's been won many times over the last decade of a team being eight and eight or nine and seven. I mean, it, it's very competitive. These teams beat up on each other. If the Rams were to start off their year three and two, I think they would feel pretty good about themselves. And if they could sneak a win against either the Cowboys or the Eagles, I think they would feel really good about themselves. I don't think they're good enough to beat the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys, I agree with you, Nick. They're just, they're far and away better as far as an overall football team. The Eagles is interesting. You just never know with their health. They were like barely healthy at all last year. The Bills, I'm actually much higher on than than it sounds like than you are, Nick. I think I think you're pretty high on them, right, Brad? Um, yeah, I didn't get a chance to break down the AFC East, so I don't want to go too far in on the Bills. But I mean, if we just have a couple minutes here on the Bills, they were ten and six, if I'm not mistaken, right last year. Uh, yes. And they made the playoffs. Yeah. They were 10 and six and made the playoffs in two of their losses were one possession against Tom Brady, who some would say is the best player of all time. So, I mean, their defense was second least amount of points allowed, I believe only behind the Patriots. And now you add a guy like Stefan Diggs and his name's not being said enough, but Tremaine Edmonds might be a top 10 defensive player in the league. I mean, when you really look at him as a middle linebacker, I just think maybe they have to prove it once in the playoffs, but as a regular season team, I think I think the Bills are going to be a wonderful team next year. I agree. I just I think over the last couple of years since they've gotten their new coach, Sean yeah. McDermott, right? He's been yeah, he's been great. He's just been he's been working wonders for them and every year no matter what they are, they are a powered defensive team. They're tough. They're very tough. They run it extremely well. Even with their quarterback, their quarterback runs it for like four or 500 yards a year. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I'm high on the Bills. I think the Bills would definitely beat the Rams. Um, the Giants, who knows? But I think the Rams probably beat the Giants. And I don't have much hope for Washington this year. I think the Rams roll there too. Yeah, I, I would think, Nick, I'll ask you if you agree, but like Jaguars and Redskins, would you ever pick them to win any game this year? I mean, you'd have to think they're going to win something just because only right. the Lions know how to mess it up that badly. But You wouldn't pick them. You, you wouldn't pick them, no. And I mean, that, that's just the thing. You're just going with what logic would tell you here. And I will agree that the Bills have an awesome defense. And they can run the ball, but when it comes down to it, I, I have not seen Josh Allen be that guy. I, I just haven't seen it yet. 
Yeah, that's true. I can't can't deny that. John Brown was a nice wide receiver for them last year. Cole Bleasy work in the slot. Add Stephon Diggs. I, I've been high on Josh Allen since his first snap. A lot of people haven't. Some may start to come around. Some still, you know, need to see more. But I believe this is the year people stop doubting Josh Allen. I could be wrong, but I'm excited to see. I, I hate to bring this up, but, but Jeff, I got to ask. If you're that high on the Bills, is this the year they overtake the Patriots? I actually picked them to beat the Patriots on my own podcast um, in the division. But the only problem is, Nick, I did that podcast two or so months point. ago. Before Cam Newton game. wasn't the quarterback. Right. And that's exactly I, where I was going to go. That is Cam Newton's going to be a big deal. I, I get higher and higher on Cam Newton every single day. And I don't know. I, I, I find it very hard to believe that the Patriots won't be at least 10 and six. They do have the most difficult schedule in the league. They do return a lot of defensive pieces. They're still going to be very good defensively. I don't know. I, uh, I, you would be hard pressed to show me where New England loses with Cam Newton starting at quarterback for 16 games. You'd be hard pressed to show me six games where they lose. Okay. So, just my opinion. Okay. I do want to point out, to your credit, Nick, the Bills. The only problem with the Bills, they don't score a lot of points. At so they, all. they didn't give up very many points last year, but they were only a plus 55 on the whole year. They played a lot of close games because they don't score. To, to put things in context, New England scored more than 100 points than them. 100 points more. And so, New England had their own offensive problems last year. So that's, that's saying a lot, a 100-point difference. Yeah, and, you know, the Buffalo Bills scored 314 points last year. The Rams scored almost 400. So, I mean, significantly more points. I don't know. I just, that's the Bills' only issue. If they can get in that 380 to 400 range, I think they are a dynamite football team. But right now, they don't have that. Maybe Diggs is the guy, like you said, Brad. Yeah, that's 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 what I'm trying to say. I I know their offense struggled a little bit, but if their offense struggled a little bit and they won ten games, I can't wait to see what they do with Stephon Diggs. That is a massive piece. He's a number one receiver. John Brown, who was the one and had o- over a thousand yards, is now the two. Cole Beasley, say what you want about him, he's not dominant, but he's played the slot position for ten years. It seems like now since forever. It feels like for me. So you you've just got a lot of pieces. They've got two wide receivers that can go over the top. And Stephon Diggs is a dog. I don't feel like people give him enough credit. He is an absolute dog. You could argue top. He might be sitting around like the eighth best receiver in the league, eight to ten range maybe. So, I mean, when you add a piece like that, Josh Allen another year, his running ability, they're going to be a phenomenal red zone team. I mean, at least on paper you would think that. So, I mean – you're right. They did not score a ton last year, but if they went ten and six without scoring, look out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess we just we went on the Bills there. We were supposed to be talking about the Rams. <laughs> Anything else on the Rams? No, you're good. We all did. Rams can beat anybody. I feel like they could lose to anybody. Nick made the biggest point. Out, you said they signed Michael Brockers. Outside yeah. of Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, could you name me three players on their defense? Yeah. Couldn't do it. It's just a bunch of replacement pieces, but they can score a lot, so it'll be interesting. That's what happens when you have two hundred million dollar players yeah. on the roster. Totally, it's about to be three. Jalen Ramsey wants paid big time. <laughs> yeah, and he's going to demand over twelve million. He's going to demand a oh, lot yeah. of money. Yeah, yeah. Secure the bag. Jacksonville, I believe, was the number I heard. What's that? I said, I believe the number I heard when he was with Jacksonville was somewhere around he wanted $18 million a season to be We're re-signed. Not me. We're not I mean, that's... To the opening day of Jacksonville's training camp of 2019 in a Brinks truck. Look at teams oh, with yeah. a lot of staff. Oh, yeah. You know, the Dolphins are stocking up on them corners. Never mind. <laughs> well, I, to put things in perspective, um, Stephon Gilmore, the best corner in the league, or at least top two. He's about. He's only making. He's only making nine point five million. So he wants That's to double the that. Patriot way though. Well, no, because New England signed him off the free agent market of a five-year, sixty-five million back in seventeen. 
But was he the best guaranteed. corner? Yeah, he, was the best. Yeah, he was not the best corner, but he was a very good – he was the best corner on the market, and he got that in free agency. That's not even a team resigning you. That's like a bidding war. But I can say so, not not a ton of people. They were like, yeah, the talk about him was, yeah, you got a good corner. Like, he'll be a starter. No one knew he'd be what he is now. Maybe Bill the, Belichick did. Bill Belichick did, obviously. Yeah, that's I, about yeah, it. Bill did, but – That's about it. So let's let's go ahead and move on to – a team that is every year, they're in the conversation. I believe they'll be in the conversation again. Brad doesn't seem to. Uh, Nick, we'll get your opinion here in a second. The Seattle Seahawks, 2019, they finished 11-5. and five. They beat Philly in the wild card game. They didn't have Carson Wentz, but that, I mean, doesn't matter. They still won a playoff game. They lost to Green Bay 28-23 in the divisional round. Um, lots going on in Seattle. Uh, Josh Gordon was traded for or signed yeah he signed him sorry off a free agency nobody knows if he'll be back on the team but they did go out and get greg olson they got bruce irvin back uh former seahawk uh they signed a bunch of offensive linemen a couple of them like two i think they got two alignment or a two o-line two guards i mean they, they signed a ton of offensive linemen uh they brought in philip dorsett from new england they still don't know what they're going to do with jv on clowny i don't know Nick, what do you what do you have before we go into the schedule? What do you have on the Seahawks? Um, with the Seahawks, it, it seems to be the same thing ever since the Legion of Boom fell apart. It's can Russell Wilson run for his life, not get annihilated by eleven defenders, and score four hundred points by himself? And it really seems like he's going to have to do that again. With that being said, I think I really think that the defense for Seattle is going to make a bit of an upswing this year um one signing that no one's really talking about and i i understand why quentin dunbar that that's gonna be a good signing for seattle he's got some off the field issues but you're talking a very solid cornerback that's going to come into that system and pete carroll obviously knows how to build a secondary the right way if he believes in him and he can keep his off-the-field stuff there, you're going to talk possibly a Pro Bowl guy moving forward. And he's only, I think, 26, 27 years old. Somewhere around there. But yeah. you, have, you have him. You have Russell Wilson's going to do his thing. If, he can, if Russell Wilson can get help, Seattle, the sky's the limit. But I just don't think that's going to be this year. Yeah, you said second. Said, yeah, you said something a second ago where Russell Wilson's going to run for his life and try to score four hundred points. Is that what you just said? Yeah, pretty much. So last year in twenty nineteen, he scored four hundred five. Okay, they gave up three hundred and ninety eight points. So they were only a plus seven for the whole year. So they score just, points, but they don't stop a soul. Yeah, they were. I think it was something like, uh, it was something like when they were like eleven and four or something like that. They actually had a negative plus minus, like they were like a neg- in the total point differential with all those wins. It was something crazy. I remember seeing last season. The the one thing that's very impressive about Seattle, they actually went seven and one on the road last year. Mm-hmm. Extremely good road team. Uh, Nick, you said it a minute ago. Probably not going to matter if you're on the, if you're home or away this year with with most most stadiums being. 90% empty or even less. And I don't know. What's uh what's the 2020 schedule look like? We'll start breaking this down. All right. Uh, do you want me to, I uh, you know I'm going to go ahead and say my, my wins and losses as I go. Go ahead. So week one, they're at the Falcons loss week two. They're playing the Patriots at home. That'll loss. be a Sunday night football game loss. They are at home against Dallas loss. They go to Miami and get a win. They start rolling and come back home and lose to the Vikings. They start one and four. And again, I know maybe some people think that's disrespectful of the Seahawks, but I believe they were great, then they were good, and they were lucky last year. And you can say whether a team's good or bad. Out of the 32 teams, no team is more dependent on one guy than the Seattle Seahawks, and it's it's amazing what Russell Wilson has been doing, but again, they they were close. They were eleven and five last year. I think they could have been six and ten with how close their games were. 
I, I'm not high in the Seahawks at all, and I think they start one and four. What do you got, Jeff? Well, I definitely think they beat the Falcons. Russell Wilson can get me a win against the Falcons. Mm-hmm, the Falcons okay. are they're one of those teams where, especially in a dome, fans are not. Matt Ryan's going to put up 30 in that game. I don't know. I, I think the way that the Seahawks could probably control the ground game, let Russ do his thing, I think they could squeak out a win there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Going, having New England come to town isn't going to matter with no fans in there. It's just not. And if Cam is the starter, that's a win for New England. I really do. I think that they're just better. They are flat out better than Seattle. But if Jared Sinem's the quarterback, then maybe Russ has a shot to keep that one close and get the win there. If there's no, if there's no 12th man, there's no environment. Even a rookie quarterback could go in there and, Some, and go ahead. Sorry, something I'd like to add on that though. If you say Stidham is the starter over Cam, then that means Cam was a failed experiment. There's absolutely no way Cam should come in and not start over Jared Stidham, and then think that if Cam started later in the season, it would make them better. Like Cam should be their day one starter. All these games, we should assume the Patriots are starting Cam Newton. I am. But there's also what if there's no OTAs? There's no preseason. You're Cam still. Is, I, Jared I don't think Stidham that has four pass attempts. He can't know the offense that much more than than. Cam what do you even. think, Nick? With oh, I mean, I, I disagree that Stidham can't know the offense more. My thing is, if if Cam Newton is who we think he is when healthy, there should be such a talent gap there that Cam Newton has to be the starter day one. And if he's not, I'm wondering why he's on the roster. Also, if Cam is the starter, that warrants an entirely new playbook. You're writing new plays for Cam Newton, mobile, bootlegs, all sorts of stuff, design quarterback runs. If Stidham's a quarterback, sure, you could keep the old playbook that Brady had, but right now they're inventing an entire new playbook for Cam Newton specifically. I will say with that, though, if, if you're going to ask me what offensive coordinator in football could come up with a new playbook on the fly, I mean, Josh McDaniels, come on. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm 100% in that All as right. well. Going, moving back, moving forward again, I, I do think New England beat Seattle there. The Cowboys-Seattle game, that's another game where, Se- where Russ could make that happen. It's a loss. The Cowboys win that, but I would not even be remotely shocked. Okay? Then you, ha- then you travel to Miami. That's a very interesting game. Yeah, you, I like the, Miami. you actually picked them to beat Miami. I could see this being a loss. I I could see it either way, but if I got to pick, I'm taking Seattle. But yes, I like Miami. I do too. I like I like Miami's team. I like how they're coached. I like all their acquisitions. You said something a minute ago, and I I, I mean I'm completely in agreement. Seattle's a one man show. The Dolphins have a they're getting depth. Big time. Like, I just told you a second ago that I thought the, the Cowboys were a flat-out better team than the Rams. That's why they're going to win. The Dolphins are a flat-out better team than Seattle. Flat-out. But Seattle still has a coach. They still have a quarterback. That's a tough game. I'll give it to Seattle. I would not be even remotely shocked to see the Dolphins win that game. And the Vikings, they are far and away a better team than Seattle. I think the Vikings win that one. I don't know. I I think they're two and three. Nick? Um, I just want to touch on something. Brad, you had mentioned the plus minus, and while you're right, I've never heard of a team with a record that good with a plus minus that bad. You said that the Seattle Seahawks were very lucky. Do you remember the end of their season last year? Oh, well. I don't. I know they lost, but... That's not lucky. That's cursed. That... I, 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 I couldn't believe watching that game, but we're getting away from the point. Falcons, how do you pick the Falcons to beat anybody? I just don't understand it. I mean, Julio Jones is uh, that poor guy. Who's <laughs> just, <laughs> he, He's the best receiver in football, in my opinion. And you would think he's got a top 10 quarterback throwing to him. You'd think. But somehow, they just can't get it done, and I don't understand it. They're beating the Falcons. I don't care. It's happening. Uh, I agree. I agree with you. 
Um, we're, we're talking the New England game. Uh, I would say that New England's a better team, but if there's one guy that could poke holes in that defense and you know maybe get four or five scores, which he's probably going to need to, it, anyone can do that to New England's defense. It's going to be Russell Wilson, but I'm going to say New England probably takes him if Cam Newton is the player we think he is. If he's not, we're giving it to Seattle. Um, I, I'm going to have a hard time picking Washington in any game this season because I'm not even sure they're going to have a football Cowboys. team with claimed. Cowboys um, are week three. Cowboys, the Cowboys. Okay, Cowboys, you know, I said that they were good before, but then at the same time, they're that team. You want to talk about a team that either shows up or doesn't? That's the Dallas Cowboys. Mike I McCarthy. going either way, but I, I would say probably Dallas in that one. And who was week four? The Miami. the Dolphins at, at Miami. Man, I'm with you guys. I really think Miami's improved. But usually you, you go, who's the best player on the field? And the best player on the field is Russell Wilson. I'm going to say that's a win. Yeah. And then it's home against the Vikings Sunday night football. Home against the Vikings Sunday. See, here's why I hate the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> two to three games out of absolutely nowhere that they don't deserve to win and i feel like that'll be one of them i say seattle's three and two to start actually thinking about it you said the vikings seahawks is a sunday night game yeah Kirk cousins in prime time i'll give that game to seattle you have a point there I'll switch it. I'll give that game to Seattle. Russell Wilson in prime time over Kirk Cousins. I'll switch it. They'll be three and two. But I I, le- I know what you're saying. The Falcons and how they struggle and they're not as good as they should be. But I think at home opening day, that's a game they could. They're just going to score so much. It'll that game I think is going to have a total of at least seventy points scored between the two teams combined. I think that's going to be an absolute fireworks show week one. It'll be one of the better games week one, especially for fantasy players involved. But um, I don't know. Julio Jones, I think Calvin Ridley's a monster. I think Todd Gurley's still got a little something left. I think the Rams gave up on him. I don't think it was the other way around. I kind of like the Seahawks or the Falcons offense here. But that's a toss-up game. That's a toss-up game. Okay. Anything else on Seattle? I think we all agree that Russell Wilson is the team, but uh, they don't have much. They, they, here's the thing. They need a season where they don't make the playoffs. They need a high draft pick. They need to add talent. They they need to add talent. I think when you look at the Seahawks, they don't match up well in division with any team this year, I don't think. I think the Cardinals, Rams, and 49ers, I would like them over the Seahawks in most games. Just about, I could see the Seahawks going one and five in division. Jeez, you just brought this up. No You're talking way. about offensive fireworks show. Can you imagine when Arizona and Seattle play each other both times this year? This is going to be insane. And I still think the Cardinals have a better defense. I think the Rams have a better defense. I think that the 40, 49ers obviously have a better defense. But I mean, sure. but I then mean, by, you, by the numbers, the Seattle Seahawks defense is better than than Arizona's last year by forty points. By 40 points. But one team improved, the other didn't. Yeah, I, I, I just think... Well, yeah, Seattle doesn't even have Clowney right now. Yeah, so I just oh. I just, I just think the Seahawks, I mean, I don't think they'll get swept in division, but I see the 49ers sweeping them, and I could see at best they split with the Rams and Cardinals, and they're 2-4 and four division. I don't think they make the playoffs this year. I Jeff, know it's just rude to say they'll come in last, but yeah, Jeff, maybe that's a red about Clowney. Um, does anyone know what's going on with him? With who? I'm sorry. With Jadavion Clowney? Yeah, he wants all the money. Well, I know he I... wants crazy money, but I just find no, it hard. Someone's going to put a franchise tag on him. I think he wants five years, a hundred, so twenty million a year. I think that was his his going rate, and I believe he's now lowered it. So I think he's in the seventeen to eighteen range. But I don't think anybody wants to pay him it. I think that's his problem. I guess Cleveland offered him the full amount, and he said no. That's the rumor. I, I don't know how much that is to yeah. believe. 
if Cleveland offered him a lot of money, I believe them doing what they did to Garrett signifies they said, okay, we're done with you, Clowney. And then they gave all the money to Garrett. Yeah, that would make sense. Could you imagine Clowney and Garrett? That would have been crazy. It would have been insane. But once you sign Garrett, what is it, five-year, $125 million? Yeah. I mean, they don't really have any other players. I mean, Denzel Ward... I think they have that middle linebacker that was a rookie last year. I forget his name, but, I mean, maybe they could afford to put one more piece, but that's why I think it could be a potential sign-in trade. I I don't know where this is coming from, but I've always been a guy that's been saying, I think Odell Beckham Jr. should play for the Seattle Seahawks. And if they sign and trade Jadavion Clowney for OBJ, that would be an absolute blockbuster trade where both teams benefit tenfold. That would be, I mean, I hate to see the Browns get better. But, I mean, at the same token, could you imagine OBJ with Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and then you just bring Jadavion Clowney over to the Browns? The only problem there, the only problem, you cannot, as a franchise who's been historically bad, give up on a generational talent at wide receiver after one year with a bad coach. You cannot do it. You have to give Odell this season. I'm not even saying it's based off production. I'm just saying if you look at a, a guy in Kevin Stefanski's the coach, right? Yeah. Who wants to run first, two tight end set, has Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, Austin Hooper. They still have Njoku, but you'd still have Jarvis Landry. You give him just another guy at wide receiver, Jarvis Landry's your number one, and you're able to have, I mean, that would make them contention for best defensive line in football. I mean, Jadavion Clowney, one side, Garrett, the other. Denzel Ward's still out there. It's You're basically just moving the money from wide receiver to end. And I still think if you said if they get Clowney instead of OBJ as a team need, I think they're better. Obviously, OBJ is a top five receiver in the league. But I just think if you're looking at it as a GM and as a head coach. Well, and that would be really interesting, too, because... You put OBJ with DK Metcalf. A lot of people forget really quickly how high GMs were on DK Metcalf coming into that draft. People were talking about him being a top 10 pick at one point. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah, yeah. He was going to be taken as the first wide receiver at one point. And, you know, he fell down the boards because there were some route running issues and whatever. But if you just tell him to fly down the field and let OBJ run the middle of the field, with Russell Wilson throwing them the ball, that that could be something. You you, you might be onto something there. Someone needs have, to get up with those GMs. You'd have three guys that can take a four yard catch, ninety yards. Yeah, all three of you guys: Tyler Lockett, OBJ. They would be a Russell Wilson out of the shotgun kind of bootleg, sling the ball all over the place, and say outscore us. But without OBJ, it's like okay, DK Metcalf is he a number one? We're not sure. Tyler Lockett used to be a gadget guy, but him and Russell have this magic going on so i mean it's russell wilson but obj that'd be a big market with a the best quarterback he's ever played with and you know i think that would be a playing on turf at home again like he was for the giants i think that would be electric for the league i think that would be so cool anything more on seattle no sir i don't think so okay Well, I'm going to go ahead and make a proclamation here because this next team, I'm extremely high on. This team will not have a Super Bowl hangover. The reason I think that is because they should have won the Super Bowl. They're that good. They will be back. They started, I'm sorry, they finished 2019, 13-3. They started 8-0, pretty much beating everybody fairly dominantly. They finished three and two coasting into the playoffs. They beat the Vikings in the divisional round. I don't remember the exact numbers, but I believe the Vikings actually had less than a hundred yards in the game. They beat green Bay in the NFC title game. They had a lead in the fourth quarter and lost super bowl 54 to Kansas city. This team lost a few things, but they drafted a lot of things too. I, I don't know what to, we're going to go in on their schedule in a minute, but what do you got on the Niners? Let's, let's start with you, Nick. What do you got on the Niners? 
Um, you know, it's just like you said, there's going to be no Super Bowl hangover. I, if my numbers are right, they kept 10 of 11 starters on that defense. The only one they got, the only one they got rid of, they got a first round pick for and drafted somebody. Yeah, right. You, you, you have talent that good and can keep it together. You know, we're sitting this whole podcast and we're talking about who did people pick up? Who did they trade for? Who did they sign? Who have they not signed in Seattle's case? You know, sometimes it's just about keeping a core together. And you keep a defense that good together, they're going to be scary for a long time. And I, there, there's no way anyone else takes this division. I just can't see it. It would take a lot of injuries and a lot of bad luck. Yeah. So. What do you got, Brad? Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and uh, just take away the, the first five games. Um, spoiler alert, they're going to be 5-0. and um they are home against the cardinals at the jets they stay in new york for a week play the giants they destroy them they beat the eagles they go to miami and they win all five of those games no disrespect to any team on their schedule it's just going to be hard for me to pick someone beating the 49ers until they actually do it nick what do you think um i'm just gonna play devil's advocate because 5-0 and oh seems too easy. That's fair. Philadelphia, if healthy, can do some damage. Absolutely. If they can stay healthy. Agree with you. If there's, if there's one team out of those five that could possibly beat them, I would say it'd be Philly. But it, it's one of the – I said it earlier about the Bills. Prove it to me. They have not proven since their Super Bowl that they can stay healthy for a week, let alone a season. So I'm going to say 4-1 and one, just hoping – to be the one that got it right. And I'm going to say Philly's the one that could possibly take them down, but there's no way they're any worse than four and one out of their first five. So I went in on their schedule. Um, Philadelphia, because it's week four and it's not later in the year, they have a real chance at beating the Niners. If they're healthy, if they suit up to play, the only problem is, it's week four. The Niners are going to – chances are they're going to be very healthy as well. They are a far and away a better football team. So I'm going to take the Niners to not just start 5-0, and but 6-0. and And week seven, things get interesting for the next four weeks after that. At New England, at Seattle, home against the Packers, at the Saints before they go into their bye. This could be a very interesting schedule. I would pick them to beat New England. I would pick them to beat Seattle. I would actually pick them to beat Green Bay because Green Bay couldn't stop them at all last year. I don't have the total numbers, but I, they were outscored like 70 to 20, like something crazy. They got annihilated in their two games, including one of them being a playoff game. I think they might actually go into their bye undefeated because I think they're better than the Saints, and they beat the Saints last year in New Orleans. I don't know. This is a, this is a very interesting – the Niners are so good, and their schedule seems so tough, but they just seem they seem like they could win every single one of these games. Um, Nick, you're not crazy for saying the Eagles could win. I think they easily could. I think New England has the potential to beat them. I think Seattle has the potential to beat them. Green Bay has the potential, even though for some reason they don't match up well. There's just Sometimes there's just a matchup nightmare for a team, and Green Bay well, just might be outmatched is Green Bay can never stop the run for a good running team. Right. They have the pieces to do so. I don't know if it's scheme. I don't know if people are playing out of position because they have some players on that defense. Uh, Rashawn Gary, you you know my feelings about him. Yeah. But I, I just, every time they come against a good running team, they get it run down their throats. And that's all San Francisco does. They lull you to sleep with the run and try to get into play action, but the problem is you're not lulling someone to sleep if you're gashing them for 20 yards a run. Green Bay just cannot stop the run, and until they can, I, there's no way they pull a game over San Francisco. So they played Green Bay twice last year, once in the regular season at Levi, and then the second one was in the playoffs at Levi in the NFC title game. They're going to play Green Bay again at Levi this year. Both times they played them last year, they scored 37 points. The first time they only allowed eight. The second time they allowed 20. They outscored them 74 to 28. It's 
not close. These two teams are far away, and I'm not I'm not going in on the Packers here because I think the Packers are a good football team, but the Niners are a very poor matchup, as you stated. They can't stop the run. The Green Bay can't stop the run. The Niners roll in that game. I don't know. I think the Niners are very good. I'm high on them. I think they're better than Kansas City. If they were to play again today, I think the Niners would beat Kansas City. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. What else you guys got on this? I'm just I'm looking at their roster, and I'm trying to like find three teams where it's like these are the three games they could lose, but it's like outside of at the Saints, I I just I don't see them losing. I mean maybe Week 15 at the Cowboys who have a loaded roster. If there's fans in the stadium, you know it's an away game at AT and T. But like, I mean, you were talking about up to the bye. Coming out of the bye, they play the Rams again, who I think they'll beat. Then you've got the Buffalo Bills, which Josh Allen against probably the best defense in the league. I mean, it's tough to play the 49ers with any quarterback. That's, I don't that's know if a Josh Monday Nighter. Yeah, and then Redskins. Well, Washington, excuse me. Cowboys, Cardinals, Seahawks. I just, I think this team, I mean, they lose Joe Staley, get Trent Williams. They lose DeForest Buckner. They get Javon Kinlaw. They sign Brandon Ayuk at wide receiver, who is phenomenal out of Arizona State, I believe. He's going to be a stud. And they add a little bit of savvy veteran in Jason Verrett, or Jason Vanette, I'm sorry. or No, it is Verrett. Sorry, Jason yeah. Verrett. Um, at, at corner who plays a lot of slot. He's going to be a guy who can come in and third down packages. And, you know, he's seen a lot. I just think I'm going to come out and say it. Kyle Shanahan, in my opinion, is the second best coach in the league. I don't think it's right to try and put anybody over Belichick. I mean, obviously time will tell without Tom Brady, but you can't say Bill Belichick's not the best right now. Um, I think between John Harbaugh and, um, and Kyle Shanahan, you have the two best head coaches. Kyle Shanahan is the best offensive mind. I'd take him over Sean Payton, take him over Bill Belichick. Anybody said he's the best. So, I mean, you've got George Kittle, who's matching up with that guy ever. You've got all these speed receivers. You still got Tevin Coleman in the backfield. I mean, they made anybody who could run a 4-3 or 4-4 work in their backfield. And then you, where do you start? Where do you end on their defense? I mean, they're just loaded. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a very tall order for anybody to beat these 49ers. And if they get a lead, you're really up against it. Here's here's the the only the only question that seems like it's a, a potential no. Is this team better than thirteen and three this coming year? Against this schedule, I think so. I think so too. What do you think, Nick? You think this team's better than thirteen and three? Based on the schedule that I've just heard written out, I mean, you could make an argument for the Patriots because it's Bill Belichick, but San Francisco is a better team. You could make an argument for possibly the Bills if they can get some quarterback play, and that's a big if to me. The Saints. Uh, the Saints I agree there. The, the 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 Saints there. The Eagles. The Eagles. But yeah. I'm telling you, they lose every game to a good team on that schedule that could possibly compete with them. Worst case scenario, they're like 11 and five. They're, <laughs> yeah. they're, their basement is 11 and five and probably winning the division. That that's, that's scary. I'd also like to say something that also we, we brought up that, you know, that uh, Sunday night game against the Cowboys the Cowboys every year are doing what at the end of the year? They're playing the Eagles for the division, right? Yeah. Well, when they're playing the 49ers, guess who they got at home the very next week? The Eagles. The Eagles. I think that's a big game where the whole team's thinking about the Eagles. And the 49ers could come in and just steamroll this team. Because while they're thinking about the Eagles, the 49ers are trying to lock up a first-round bye, which only one team in the NFC gets. Or, potentially... It's crazy, but they might be potentially trying to go undefeated. Correct. <laughs> they so, could go undefeated with this schedule. So Every team look, that's on here, they beat last year. Yeah, if you look at the Saints and they beat the Saints, that's one of the two or three teams that might be competing for a first first seed or the bye. And if they already beat the Saints, this team's looking to get that first round bye and finish out the rest of the year. So, I mean, like, 
like you pointed out, Nick, worst case scenario, they're 11 and five. And I mean, I guess we haven't talked about if Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, but again, we don't predict injuries and he was healthy all last season. So there's no reason to get into something like that. Yeah. But I mean, you look at this 49ers team and just, wow, they're going to be really good. I'm not trying to go in on the Packers, but of all weeks, the Packers are going to play them when they seem to not be able to stop them. It's coming off a short week. They're going to play on a Thursday night. There's absolutely no way the Packers are beating them on a Thursday night on a short week, traveling east to west. To go. That's just – and the Packers are good. I'm high on the Packers. I think they'll be a very good football team. I just think the Niners are very good. Their schedule lines up great. Uh, wow. And by playing the Packers Thursday night on a short week, which favors them, they then have an extra long week to play the Saints, which favors them again. That's a huge schedule yeah. break. Yeah. Yeah. So with all that said, this team might lose two games. I'm not going to choose which teams will beat them. I think Nick kind of pointed out all the ones that have the ch- the chance, and I think you had pointed out the teams that had the chance. Um, I I would love to see this team up against. You know, I'm I'm. It's no secret I'm rooting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers outside of New England. Um, I hope that. Brady gets to play this team in the playoffs. I think it'd be huge, especially because I would assume that the Niners would be able to host the playoff game. And you got Tom Brady going back home with his new team to essentially, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a huge storyline for a game. I think that's a massive rating. I don't know. I'm, I'm high. Um, I, I have something that would be kind of fun. What's that? You look at the chiefs and you look at the Ravens. And their biggest games of the year are arguably the one where they play each other, correct? Absolutely. Both of those teams, potentially, obviously these are very low odds, but potentially either of those teams, whichever team wins that game, could go 16-0. and What if the 49ers went 16-0 and and we had two undefeated teams come to the Super Bowl, whether it be Chiefs 49ers rematch or Ravens 49ers? How cool would that be for two teams that are 32-0 and 0 to be playing in the Super Bowl? Who do you pick? You know what I mean? I just – I don't think that will happen. Obviously, the odds are super low, but it's just like we talked about these teams. We looked at their roster, and even Vegas has the Ravens favored in every single game. Obviously, any given Sunday. And there's only four teams in the NFL really who don't have a quarterback that they believe can win them games. The NFL is super competitive across the board. I think it's – a great time to be an NFL fan outside of COVID, obviously. But, I mean, having 14 teams in the playoffs is more fun. These 49ers, though, bringing it full circle. I wouldn't want to play the 49ers. I'm glad the Steelers don't have to play them again. Nick, you got anything else to add? Um, I think we pretty much covered it, man. I, I don't see how you stop this team with anyone in the NFC. I just don't. Okay, so it's it's pretty simple. We're all taking the Niners to win the division. Who do you have finishing second, though, Nick? I, I mean, as much as it's probably a slap in the face to Russell Wilson, I like the Arizona Cardinals. I do. You, you add a guy like Isaiah Simmons. You add a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. You have a quarterback in his second year with a, with a head coach that seems to know his way around slinging the ball. And we all seem to agree it's the Russell Wilson show over there. They they have no one else. They really don't. DK Metcalf could maybe come along in his second year. That defense gives up a ton of points. The Rams, no one seems high on because you got one player on each side of the ball that could be considered a Hall of Famer, and everyone else is just, you know, that random guy you pick up on NCAA that's a three-star recruit but somehow just gets drafted in the seventh round. That's pretty much the rest of their team. <laughs> uh-huh. so, I, I really think that Arizona could do something, maybe look at a wild card. I, I know you, you seem to think Seattle could is going to stay over them, but I, I just think that could be something good. I'm going to say Arizona. Okay. Brad, who finishes second? You mind if I just go through the whole division here? Hit me. 49ers, Cardinals, Rams, Seahawks. Awesome. Yeah, I... I'm not as high on the Cardinals as you guys are. I think they're a very good team. 
Uh, I think I put them at eight and eight, right? And yep. I put the I put the I put the Rams at nine and seven. And I probably take the Seahawks at ten and six, and I have the Niners at fourteen and two. This is a very good division. It's very it's a, good. It's a great division. And uh, I also say the only way I recant my opinion of the Seahawks in fourth is before week six. If that danged old man with the visor number 13 wide receiver comes on down to Seattle <laughs> and they form a connection, man, I tell you what. But if they don't do something to spice up that offense, their defense is going to allow too many points. Okay. Well, with that being said, that is the NFC West broken down in its entirety. Um, yeah, another great episode. Nick, thank you for jumping on. Should Thanks have you back me. on here. Have have you back on here next week for the NFC North? Your your hometown Lions will be talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Brad, as always, thank you. Yeah, real. thanks for having me on, uh, Nick. It was great to have you on. It was a lot of fun. And uh, anybody out there who's listening, uh, contact me on Facebook or Jeff uh, Brad Epper Jr. or Jeff Johnson. We'll get you into the Real Talk uh, group on Facebook. We talk about a lot of stuff that's on the show and. Keep being active on the polls. That stuff's a lot of fun for us to read and incorporate in the show. So when I see a poll seen by 28 people and there's only 12 votes, I'm kind of wondering why you're not clicking one of those four boxes, y'all. Scared to give an opinion. That's yeah, what I think, let, man. Let's hear what you got. Let's let's hear what you got. Like, look at Robbie Edwards. One more shout-out, putting the Cardinals as the winners. I'll give him a B-dubs appetizer if the Cardinals win this division, though. Them 49ers, I'll tell you what. an appetizer if that happens. Give him an entree dessert. Take him uh, and his friend out. I'll buy him all a meal. Shoot, Robbie. Yeah. Home. All right, Nick. It's been real. Tell uh, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Um, Nick Gallagher on Facebook. That's really the only one I go with. Um, are you are you following the, the Facebook group? I am. All right, you guys, you should be able to, if you guys are on the Facebook group, you should be able to look in the uh, the friends list and, and add them through there and invite. Also, just a quick thing, um, don't know if there are any Lions fans out there listening, but I am an admin for a Lions group called the Roar Lounge. Uh, we talk a lot of Lions football. We talk never, n- never all positive for sure. Um, we're, we're willing <laughs> to admit when there's some problems in Motown, but if anyone wants to come and join and have a good time, just hit me up. All right. You guys, it's been real. See you guys next week. Later.